0: The good news is Attu Ratu is back with the Islanders. The bad news is the reason is that injuries continue to mount for this team. We have our key takeaways from Saturday's loss to the Carolina Hurricanes and a full preview of tonight's game against John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. All that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book, Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's episode, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a, a comment on something we've talked about on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to break down in a future episode Feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am also live-tweeting. During nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time or any time. Another tough loss for the Islanders on Saturday to the Carolina Hurricanes, final score five to two. Sebastian Aho gets the hat trick for Carolina, but you know it's the wrong Sebastian Aho if you're an Islanders fan because. Uh, the Islanders, Sebastian Aho, struggled throughout this game and really didn't uh, didn't play particularly well. Islanders again fall behind early. 44 seconds into the game, Jordan Stahl makes it one nothing. Less than four minutes into the game, it's two nothing. But the Islanders claw their way back into the game. Two goals over a minute and 40 seconds late in the period to tie it after 20 minutes and. How good is it to see Brock Nelson put together another goal? Simon Holmstrom got a, a goal scorer's goal where he really made a pretty move and 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 used the defenseman as a screen to score. But overall, just not enough offense in this game. And again, too many defensive breakdowns. There just is no margin for error for this team. And Ilya Sorokin, you know, the Islanders only gave up 25 shots. Although, oh, 26 if you count the empty net goal. Although, you know, many of them were very high-quality opportunities. And, you know, Sorokin, I can't say he was the reason the Islanders lost this game. But overall, just not enough offense. Not enough quality scoring chances. And, you know, one line in particular was just problematic, and that was the B&B line of Brock Nelson, Anthony Bevilier, and Josh Bailey. Nelson and Bevilier, minus four in this game, despite the fact that Nelson scored a goal, uh, Bailey a minus three in this one, and that certainly didn't help, and Sebastian Aho on defense, also a minus three. The big news before the game was that Unfortunately, Cal Clutterbuck uh, not only injured and out of the lineup, but out of the lineup indefinitely. And just to let you know how important that is, it's uh, he is, uh, first of all, it's an upper body injury. A lot of people suspect it's the same shoulder he injured uh, last season. We don't know that, can't confirm it, but hopefully we'll hear something. But look, Adam Pellick, for example, has been out of the Islanders lineup for a couple of months now, and he was only listed as day-to-day. So if Clutterbuck is listed as out indefinitely, obviously it means that this injury is, you know, possibly a a couple of months, maybe even season-ending, and we may have seen the last of Cal Clutterbuck in an Islanders uniform for quite some time. Hudson Fashing also still out of the lineup. He is listed as day-to-day with a lower body injury. And then the Islanders put Parker Wotherspoon back out there and benched Dennis Chalowski. Wotherspoon a plus two in this game. There were bright spots. I'm not going to say that there weren't. The two goals that were scored, the ones by Holmstrom and Nelson, were both highlight real kind of goals. We talked about Holmstrom's great fake and the move that he made to set up a screen, even though he was outnumbered on the play. That was a goal scorer's goal. And then Brock Nelson with a pretty wraparound. But overall, just not enough offense. And the power play continues to just be awful, for lack of a better way to put it. They had one opportunity where, yeah, they uh, they created some chances, but most of them actually came after the man advantage had officially ended, and they just can't seem to score on the power play. And if you compare and you watched the two power plays, even though the Hurricanes did not score with the man advantage, the way they moved the puck, the way they set themselves up for opportunities was so far superior to anything the Islanders did that, you know, the Islanders need to watch the film and take notes. Uh, Obviously, having a veteran power play specialist like Brent Burns out there helps Carolina, but the Islanders just, whatever they're doing on the power play, it absolutely is not working, and that is a problem. Now, we talked a little bit about the injury to Cal Clutterbuck. Who comes into the lineup Atu Ratu, recalled, uh, on loan from Bridgeport, and Ratu steps into the lineup and plays. But again, the thing that I am having a little difficulty understanding, Ratu placed on the fourth line, and he ends up playing with Matt Martin and Ross Johnston, and they move Sizikis up to one of the other lines. And I, I just don't understand why you would put Ratu in that situation. And here's why. You're dealing with an inexperienced player. He only has one and a half seasons of North American hockey under his belt. In fact, no, he actually has, you know, a couple of playoff series and a couple of games plus a half season in North America. This is his first full season playing uh, here. And he is... Skill-wise, not a fourth-line kind of a player. Now, look, I understand if you're going to stay up here and play on the Islanders, you've got to be responsible defensively and play well away from the puck. All noted and duly taken into consideration. But to maximize the talent of Atu Ratu, you really need more than anything to get him out there uh, with some players who can sort of complement his offensive ability now look he won 60 percent of the face-offs he took he recorded three hits had a takeaway uh in only eight minutes and 50 seconds of ice time did not you know was even in plus minus i'm not saying he played poorly but to me to maximize atu ratu's ability to play in the nhl with the islanders at least get him out there on the second power play unit or give him some shifts, some shifts with some of the scoring wingers on this team who may be able to help accentuate his offensive game and play to the strengths of his skill set. Casey Zizekas could very easily center Matt Martin and Ross Johnston and make a very solid fourth line Uh but, you know, I guess the ability of Sezikis to move to the wing is part of the reason that they were willing to uh, shift Ratu down to fourth-line center. Again, to me, over the long run, that's not what you want to do to maximize the talents of Atu Ratu. And hopefully, the Islanders find a way to figure it out. But, you know, again... You look at this month of January and what it's been for this team, and it's just ugly. There is no way around that. And, you know, the season is really slipping away from the New Year's loss against Seattle. Uh, they are 2-9 and nine in their last 11 games. Uh, Yeah, a couple of loser points here and there in that stretch, but if you win two out of your last 11 games, you are losing ground big time in the Metropolitan Division playoff hunt. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll preview tonight's game in Toronto against some guy named John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs, another challenging game. What do the Islanders have to do to win it? We'll talk about that. Plus, a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I wanted to just have one supplement that was easy to take and would take care of all my uh, health related needs. So, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. This product is for you. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network again that's athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance islanders heading to toronto tonight to take on the maple leafs keep in mind it is a 7 p.m eastern time start Not the usual 7.30 that the Islanders tend to play at home. So, 7 o'clock tonight in Toronto, Islanders and Maple Leafs, Toronto. Coming off a 3-2 overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday. And that ended a two-game winning streak, but they have lost three of their last five. So, a little inconsistency lately from the Leafs, but boy, they are playing some pretty darn good hockey, 28-11-8, and eight, 64 points in 47 games. Just to give you an idea, while they are 12 points behind the Bruins in the Atlantic Division, uh, that still does put them very far ahead of the New York Islanders in the standings. And, and I guess the Bruins doing so well kind of overshadows how well Toronto is doing. They are in the top 10 in both goals scored and goals against. In fact, they're 8th in the league in both categories. Their power play is now 11th, a 24.3% success rate. The penalty kill, 17th, 78.8% success. The fact that their penalty kill is average, you know, maybe the Islanders can get something together. But we haven't seen them do that in a long, long time. The Islanders' power play just hurting so badly and so many people on social media during games oh can the islanders decline the penalty it, it, i understand the frustration but they've got to get this power play together and get it together soon uh, or else this team is in big trouble the goalies matt murray and Ilya samsonov that's the duo samsonov Has 19 starts, 14-4-2 on the season, a 2-2-2 goals against average, two shutouts, and a 9-19 save percentage. Matt Murray, 11-5-2, a 2-7-3 goals against average, and a 9-11 save percentage. And in case you were wondering, it was Samsonov in goal for the last game. So the Islanders very well could see Matt Murray. Not clear as to whether the Islanders will go with Sorokin or Varlamov in this one. Uh, Sorokin did not play badly against Carolina, but he wasn't his usual elite self either. Two players tied for the lead in goals right now, and these are familiar names. This is a, a Toronto team with a lot of firepower. William Nylander and Austin Matthews both have 24 goals Tied for the team lead, and John Tavares has 20. Mitch Marner, 17, but he also leads the team with 39 assists and 56 points. On the power play, it's Matthews and Tavares who are the two most dangerous. Austin Matthews, 10 of his 24 goals have come on the power play, while 8 of the 20 by JT have also come. Morgan Riley uh, dishing 8 assists on the power play, but Marner has a team leading 17 helpers when Toronto has the man advantage. The Islanders, who just have a bad habit of taking too many dumb penalties uh, in recent weeks, can't afford to do that in this game against Toronto because even though their power play is just above average at 11th, there is just so much talent on this Maple Leafs team and the Islanders are going to have to deal with it. Uh, The forward lines, Austin Matthews centering Michael Bunting and William Nylander on the top line. John Tavares centering Callie Yankrock and Mitch Marner on the second line. David Kampf is the third line center, Bobby McMahon to his left, Pierre Engvall to his right. And then from left to right, it's Zach aston Reese, Alexander Kerfoot, and Wayne Simmons on the fourth line. Morgan Riley and Timothy Lielgren are the top. Defensive pairing Mark Giordano and Justin Hole, the second. And then Connor Timmins and Rasmus Sandine are the third unit. On the power play, Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley man the points with Tavares, Nylander, and Marner up front. And then Bunting Engvall and Yorkrock on the uh, second power play unit with uh, Sandine and Timmins. Manning the point. Injuries, Jake Muzzin on the IR along with Nicholas Robertson and T.J. Brody. But other than those three, this is a healthy Toronto Maple Leafs team. So, in order to win this game, first of all, stay out of the penalty box. Second of all, keep it simple by when you're trying to clear the puck. This team has struggled to do that. Third of all, and I'm going to put this in and relate it back to the Carolina game as well. Finally... Finally, in the Carolina game, we saw the Islanders sticking up for each other. Obviously, Ross Johnston being out there in one instance helped defuse a potential uh, pushing and shoving match. And we saw Alexander Romanov sticking up for Scott Mayfield. This is something the team has not been doing enough of lately. Glad to see that they did it on Saturday. They have to continue to do it. And then, you know... Slow down a guy like Austin Matthews and William Nylander, guys who have so much speed and are so dangerous in the neutral zone. If if the Islanders do not play sound positional hockey, they are going to be in big trouble. This is a road game in Toronto, and it certainly will not be easy for the Islanders to get the win. Then they are in Ottawa Wednesday and back home for Detroit and Vegas Friday and Saturday. And that's it. The last four games before the All-Star break. So the Islanders really need to get something together. And we will talk a little bit more about where this team is at uh, in our next segment. We have got a, a Hall of Famer as our Islanders birthday of the day, plus the importance of these last four games and and what they mean for the future of this franchise. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets, from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. If you think the Islanders have what it takes to beat Toronto tonight, check out The Odds at BetOnline or... Maybe you want to bet on the AFC or NFC championship games coming up this weekend. You can check that out at BetOnline as well. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, hockey fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So I mentioned the Islanders have four games left between now and the All-Star break. They have their bye week coming up, and we will have a lot of in-depth coverage of the team during that bye week. But four games. And I'm telling you, if the Islanders don't get at least four points in those four games, the time, in my mind, has come to start selling off some of these assets, some of these players, because the one thing you cannot do in the National Hockey League, and unfortunately, it's right where the Islanders are at, you cannot be mediocre. You cannot be one of those teams that is either just good enough to squeak into the playoffs but not good enough to win, or just good enough to miss the playoffs and not be bad enough to get a lottery pick and rebuild your team, you end up sort of chasing your tail in that set of circumstances where you are consistently mediocre but never bad enough to get really good and never good enough to threaten to win uh, a Stanley Cup or go on that long run in the playoffs. Right now, the Islanders are in sixth place in the Metropolitan Division. They are just two points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins in the standings, but As of this recording, Pittsburgh has three games in hand, and, you know, you're going to have to deal with Philadelphia, who is now only four points behind the Islanders with a game in hand on them, and some teams like Buffalo in the Atlantic Division who are also battling for playoff spots. Now, Lou Morello has to understand that right now this team is not – dealing with a lot of cap space, although if they place Cal Clutterbuck on LTIR, they could free up a little bit more cap space for the stretch drive. But they either need, with a team with so many 30-plus players, they either need to try to salvage this season and go all-in, which is becoming less and less likely, or they need to start selling off some players, whether it's Anthony Bavillier, who would probably benefit from a change of scenery, whether it's players who are in the last year of their contract. Now, you can't trade Cal Clutterbuck while he's hurt because he's not going to help anybody. But players who are in the last year of their deal, players who are struggling a little bit and you know, may be able to help a playoff team. Look, Josh Bailey, not having a great year for the Islanders this year. But in the right role, with a change of scenery, could he benefit a playoff team and give them some depth up front, absolutely. And I I think the time to start selling some players, if the Islanders don't at least break even in these last four games, is coming up fast. The time that Lula Morello thought he had, it isn't there anymore. Because when you go and win two of your last 11 games and uh, the other teams in your division are playing well, that doesn't leave room for error especially when you are already sort of a a bubble team at best where you're somewhere around seventh eighth ninth tenth in the conference the islanders are in purgatory in the nhl they're not good enough to be a contender they're not bad enough to tank for bedard or any other highly ranked player in the draft and get that lottery pick this has to change either Dedicate yourself to going all in and winning or commit to a full rebuild and trust that your fan base is going to go along with it and be willing to stink for a year or two, knowing that you're going to accumulate some real talent, whether it's by your own pick or acquiring draft picks from other teams and stockpiling them or prospects from other teams. You've got to do that. And I'll say this, the rebuild may not be as bad if you keep Ilya Sorokin in town because he is a good enough goalie to keep you in almost every game. So the rebuild may not be that horrible if you can get even a decent team around Sorokin, but you got to start maybe Semyon Varlamov, who I love, who I think is a very good backup goaltender at this stage in his career, definitely. You know no reason not to trade him at the deadline if this team continues to falter time now for our islanders birthday of the day and sunday would have been the 66th birthday of former islanders winger all-time leading goal scorer and hall of famer mike bossy bossy uh, native of Montreal, Quebec, drafted by the Islanders in the 15th overall pick in 1977. He was also drafted by the Indianapolis Racers of the WHA, <coughs> the team that Wayne Gretzky <coughs> excuse me, started his professional career with. But boy, Mike Bossy had three, four seasons of 70 or more goals in juniors at, with the Laval Nationale of the Quebec League, including an 84-goal, 149-point effort in 74-75, in just 66 games. He was with the Islanders from 1977-78 all the way to 86-87, and only had one season of less than 50 goals in his career, and that was his final year when his bad back limited him to 63 games, and he, he only, and I'll put that in air quotes, had 38 goals that season despite playing through a bad back. He was the NHL's Rookie of the Year in 1978, winning the Calder Memorial Trophy, won the Conn Smythe as the playoff MVP in 1982, when he had 17 goals and 27 points in just 19 playoff games, won three Lady Bings, 83, 84, and 86, Four Stanley Cups, eight-time All-Star, and, of course, he is in the Hall of Fame. Mike Bossy also had 44 career hat tricks, all of them coming as a New York Islander. And, you know, he was big in the clutch as well as five of those hat tricks came in postseason games. And, uh, you know, the thing about Mike Bossy that always impressed me. His shot was not the hardest shot in the league, but it was accurate and he got it away quickly. And you know the the service or the the ceremony honoring him before last Saturday's game against the Canadiens was a touching one with his family in attendance and Mike Bossy will always be remembered as uh, one of the best all-time Islanders, and if you think about it, and if you're old enough to remember those teams from the mid to late 70s, who made the semifinals year after year before finally breaking through and winning the Cup in 1980, having a sniper like Mike Bossy took the Islanders from a very, very good team to an elite Stanley Cup contender, and that's a lesson that the current team needs to learn. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow with our key takeaways from the game tonight against the Maple Leafs, including our unsung hero of the game and our goat of the game, plus a whole lot more. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.